The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from ANS. Answers Live is brought to you every Sunday morning by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state with eight locations. Our newest one in Bedminster, New Jersey at 350 Main Street, Bedminster, New Jersey. Again, you can reach us at 973-285-7800 or on the web at www.ansdocs.com. Dot com. That's www.ansdocs.com. Answers Live is a live call-in show, so I would request that if you want to speak to our guests or ask questions, you can reach us at 973-267-WMTR. That's 973-267-9687. Okay, today is a very exciting topic for me, and my special guest today is a neurologist, Dr. Marcy Rabin. She is a movement disorder specialist from Overlook Medical Center in Summit, New Jersey. Good morning, Dr. Rabin. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, today's topic's actually going to be on Botox and the many different uses. Most people think it's on wrinkles, but we're going to really get into some amazing uh, treatment uh, with Botox. But before we get started, let's let everyone know a little bit about who Dr. Marcy Rabin is, if you can tell us where you went to school and how do people get a hold of you, your office number. Sure. So um, I uh, did my undergraduate degree at Harvard. Um, and actually, uh, I originally did advertising um, and then uh, did a sharp turn, decided to go to medical school. So I went to medical school in California at the University of California, San Francisco, um, then went, came back each uh, to Yale for my residency in neurology as well as my movement disorder training. Um, after finishing that, I came back. Um, to New Jersey, where I grew up, and currently at Overlook, the Atlantic Neuroscience Institute. Um, my phone number there is 908-522-6144. Okay, wonderful. Wow, that's uh, impressive credentials there from uh, uh, switching into medical, and now, now look where we are. Um, I hear a lot about you and your specialty with Botox. Again, just let me give the number again to uh, reach Dr. Rabin at her office. I'll give it again at the end of the program. Is 908-522-6144. Okay. I guess this topic excited me when I heard about it because I just really thought Botox or or I guess you call it botulinum? Botulinum toxin. Botulinum toxin um, was used really just for wrinkles. Uh, When I first started in the medical field, I know they used it um, for levator muscles for people who had um, intractable pelvic pain. It was a, a, a male patient of ours who had cancer. And you're talking probably, I'm aging myself, 20 years ago, 
and it was a big deal. It was like trying to get it into the United States with FDA, and there was all these things. And then I really never heard of it again until the new wave with the wrinkling and that kind of stuff. So what I'm excited to talk about is explain what it is actually. It is a toxin, and initially it scares people, but let's talk about what it is. So um, botulinum neurotoxin is a toxin, literally a toxin, produced by the bacteria Clostridium botulinum. And it is the same toxin that causes the uh, foodborne illness, botulism. Really? Okay. Yes, but it's, I can assure everyone, it's highly purified and safe for human use. It's been used um, almost 25 years clinically um, in the United States. It actually even longer than that because of the clinical trials. Okay. All right, so it is actually from from that. Mm-hmm. Um, how was this discovered? Like, how did someone find out that uh, botulism toxin that normally would be cause you botulism, which is bad for you, um, is now good, and now I'm hearing amazing treatments with it? Right, so um, the botulinum toxin was first identified in 1895 as the causative agent of uh, the illness botulism. And then in the mid-1940s, it was purified. Type A botulinum toxin was purified. About 20 years later, an ophthalmologist from my alma mater, UCSF, named Dr. Alan Scott, began testing botulinum toxin type A in monkeys as a possible therapy for um, the eye problem, strabismus. It's also known as lazy eye, weakness of the eye muscles. Um, In the late 1970s, the FDA um, approved the testing of botulinum toxin in human volunteers for both strabismus and for something called blepharospasm, which is excessive blinking, involuntary blinking of the eye. And then based on the success of this treatment, um, in 1989, the FDA approved the first commercial preparation of botulinum toxin type A, onabotulinum toxin A, training Botox, for both blepharospasm and strabismus. And then since then, clinical development devel- uh, began around this time for the treatment of other conditions, and other brands have come um have been developed and come to market um, in the United States and in Europe. Okay, so originally it came out through for eye treatments uh, of spasms and and movement disorders. Um, I guess it hit the United States more in, I guess, the plastic surgery realm because that's where most people or me or or probably our listeners heard about wrinkles. But before we get into all the different types of treatments that you, you do, what does it do uh, I guess the base, that's the question, is what does it do? You you inject it only, right? You don't take right. this in pill form. No, definitely don't want to take it in pill form. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you why that is. Yes. But uh, let's just say, how do you do it? What does it do to the muscle? I guess it's treating muscles is what it's doing. Right. So actually, it depends on the indication. So for wrinkles or for um, spasticity for from uh, strokes or for uh from repetitive eye blinking, it treats the muscles. So it basically blocks the release of chemical signals called neurotransmitters from the nerves um, uh, that act on muscles, thereby decreasing the activity of overactive muscles seen in such things as wrinkles and and muscle spasms from spasticity. Um, In regards to the other clinical indications, um, such as the treatment of pain syndromes, um, and um, uh, over excessive sweating, um, it prevents the release of neurotransmitter, tr- excuse me, neurotransmitters involved in pain, sensation, and the autonomic nervous system that control things like s- saliva and sweating. 
Okay. So basically what it's doing, I guess, is it's paralyzing or weakening specific muscles that are attributing to whatever the spasm or overactive is. Let's try to um, get into that a little bit more. So, uh, of course, we don't want to talk about the wrinkles because I think that's marketed enough and we kind of know um, what it is. Can you can we go through specific procedures um, that you do mm-hmm. and and because it's interesting to me and how where you would inject it mm-hmm. and what does it actually do to that specific area and then we'll delve more into that. So um, if you want to start, what what's the most common that you treat? What's the most common thing that you treat um, right now with the uh, Botox? Well, actually, I would say in the United States in general, the most common treatment is migraines. Um, and the reason why it's the most common treatment, uh, it's the most, it's the indication most commonly treated is because it's, it is the most common disorder um, that is used for Botox. Um, so with, um, so with botulinum toxin, it acts on, um, as I said, the neurotransmitters involved with pain. Um, and it was found that in, um, st- in uh, patients who got injected for forehead wrinkles, that they had a decrease in their migraine headaches. So studies were done on, on migraines, and it was found that chronic migraines, defined as more than 15 headache days a month, responded pretty well, and, and uh, well, episodic did not respond as well. Based on those studies, uh, large uh, double-blind con- placebo-controlled studies were done um, on chronic refractory migraine headaches, refractory to oral medications, and it was found to, you know, significantly, dramatically, really uh, reduce the severity and frequency of chronic migraine headaches. Um, so where I inject for those um, is in the forehead, um, in the uh, the area between your eyebrows, and both those locations also happen to be where people get injections for wrinkles. Um, we inject in the temples. Um, we inject in the back of the head, as well as the uh, the muscles along the the neck, um, base of the neck, yeah, the neck. Okay. And um, it doesn't work in this respect. It doesn't work through the muscles, but it works through the um, pain neurotransmitters. And um, the idea is, you know, you give enough, but not to paralyze the muscles. We want to um, uh, get it into the system, the neurotransmitter system for pain but not um, cause too much weakening of the muscles um, so that people cannot move their face. You, um, As a fringe benefit, if you do have wrinkles, um, right. you will get them diminished. But ironically, most people who have migraine headaches don't seem to have any wrinkles to get rid of. So. Right. I was going to actually ask you that. So it's twofold. You yeah. remove your migraines and you look really good. Yes. Um, <laughs> As you're as you're describing it, of course, um, being a layman with this, um, I hear you saying we inject here and we inject here and we inject here. So someone like me who is afraid of getting injections, although I did have acupuncture recently and it wasn't that bad, um, is it painful? So it is a little painful. Um, it is, but it's very it's tolerable. Um, it is. We use um, a needle that is smaller than a needle used to um, draw blood. It's a, it's a diabetes size like needle. Like a tuberculin needle? Exactly. Tiny. It's a tuberculin okay. for TB um, testing. Right. And um, it, you know, it's, it's, it kind of varies the pain a little bit by the site. Like certain areas are a little more sensitive than others, but it's very tolerable. I think the first time, it, the biggest problem is actually fear. People get nervous. In Europe, people 
use um, injections to medicate themselves all the time. They'll take, you know, they'll some, they're not just oral medications that doctors prescribe. They prescribe self-injections. So here in this country, people get more anxious. Once that fear is gone, it's much more tolerable. And in fact, people cannot wait till their next um, injection. And they're, you know, it's, it's, we give it to give you an idea of how tolerable it is. I give it without sedation to, to kids as young as one for diff, for other indications. Right. Well, like I said, if it's anything like, I know it's totally off, off topic, but with the acupuncture, um, you know, I looked down and I had about 30 needles in right. me and I think I felt one. Right. And it was the initial one. But other than that, um, it was fine. Um, so that's, that is so interesting to me. And I definitely want to delve a little bit more um, into how that works. But um, anyone who's suffering from migraines, not everyone is is a candidate for this or a specific type? So it's more than, say, people who are having 15 or right. more episodes in a month. Is that how it works? Well, 15 headache days. So you can okay. have some people have headaches that are three days long. Oh, my God. And, right, it's right. disabling. I'm, there's people, people go on disability um, for migraines. And not I don't have migraines myself, but having dealt with so many migraine patients, it, it's amazing. It's 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 really can be disabling. So it um, so in order to um, benefit the most, having 15 headache days a month, and uh, on average more than four hours a day, and this can be a severe headache or it can be a mild headache. A lot of people with migraines don't realize that even if you have a low grade headache, that's a migraine. It may not be severe, so you don't call it a migraine. And people usually only say, "I have regular headaches and I have migraine headaches," and you know the severe headaches with the nausea and the light sensitivity, they call that the migraines. But really, low-grade headaches are also mild migraines. So any type of headache, whether it's a 1 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, is considered a migraine, and that counts for a headache day. So if you um, have that much, you know, that frequent of headaches, and you've tried you know, two to three daily medications to try to um, prevent the onset um, of headaches, then you would be a good candidate, and this is something that insurance covers. Okay, that's that's great. Um, it's very interesting to know, and uh, the listeners now can have an idea of when to look into that. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I have so many more questions for you. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. 
Welcome back to Answers Live. This is Tom Wood from ANS. Um, again, I'll give you the call-in number. It's 973-267-WMTR. I'm speaking with Dr. Marcy Rabin, um, a neurologist uh, from Overlook Medical Center in Summit, New Jersey. We've been talking about Botox and the many uses for Botox, and it's not just for wrinkles that we've learned. It's an amazing medical treatment, uh, and it's a safe one. Um, we talked a little bit about the number one um, type of patient she sees is for treatment of migraine. And now I'm going to go into this second one that I hear about that it helps treat, and it's a broad topic, so let's um, expand it, is uh, it treats spasticity. So let's go through what types of spasticity there is and, and how it works in that aspect. Sure. So just to define spasticity, spasticity is um, is muscle spasms um, associated with also weakness that's caused by injury to either the brain or the spinal cord. And you see this type of injury in such things as stroke, multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, head trauma from Iraq or, or any or motorcycle accident. Right. And um, there's not much you can do about the weakness um, that's part of the uh, this um, that's associated with the spasticity. But sometimes just by uh, lessening the spasticity, you can improve someone's quality of life. So spasticity can interfere with someone's quality of life because it can be painful. Um, it can inf- interfere with um, activity, activities of daily living and hygiene, such as um, a lot of patients will have a fisted hand, very tightly clenched, and it it go it digs their nails, dig into their palm. And because there's no um, air going into the palm, that rashes develop um, and it becomes malodorous, embarrassing, and it's very painful to open and clean. So by giving um, injections in this hand, it opens it up um, without pain and allows for uh, the cleaning of the hand and and gets rid of the pain. Um, also, it would improve, it could improve function in that sometimes spasticity can interfere with such things as walking. A lot of patients will have um, overactivity of their calf muscles, and this leads to their toe being pointed outward, and so their foot cannot be placed on the gr- on the ground well. So by decreasing the um, the amount of overactivity of the calf muscle, a person is able to balance themselves and walk better, or sometimes even wear uh, be able to wear a brace that they weren't able to wear before. Okay, that that's incredible to me. It's it's such an exciting thing that you would never would think would come from this type of treatment. And Atlantic Neurosurgical, we're the number one treatment of uh, strokes, um, our group. And of course, that that is my background. And we have a lot of patients. Uh, one of our neurosurgeons actually asked me to ask you that question, and you did answer it. The, the patients that we have that have strokes that have done well, um, but some of them don't regain that, and they do have that spastic arm or that, that hand, they can come now and get an injection to help relieve it and, and maybe even help with their physical therapy to a point, I would assume, if you're trying to do something with the shoulder and the arm's more relaxed, be able to move it. Um, Absolutely. And in fact, um, I do want to say that there is nothing, with spasticity in particular, there's nothing like um, botulinum toxin injections plus physical therapy. There's a synergistic effect and your results will be so much better, magnified um, dramatically by doing both at the same time. Physical therapy alone often can't prevent, cannot treat um, spasticity well if it's to a certain uh, to a certain uh, level of severity, and 
Botox can treat it, but it's nowhere near as good as if you use the two together. Also want to add that another thing it can do in a spastic patient is sometimes patients' elbows will be bent, or as you said, the arm is the um, shoulder is um, adducted into their into their right. torso, and it interferes with dressing. So that's another uh, reason in, to uh, give the toxin. Okay. I want to touch base uh, again um, in our time period on other treatments, but I wanted to ask um, a question that came to my head is, how often do you have, to have these injections? How long do they last um, between these treatments? So um, generally, it's every three months. Okay. Um, for most indications, certain indications um, are every six months. Um, those would include overactive bladder, uh, excessive um, sweating. Um, those are the mo- the ones that usually just res- require um, less frequent injections. Okay. Now that you brought it up, let's talk about that. Um, uh, excessive sweating. Um, what exactly do you mean? Um, me in the gym sweating or me sitting here, you relax and I'm sweating. Like, what does that mean, excessive sweating? Right. I think all of us probably sweat more than we'd like to. Um, but there are actually individuals who sweat so profusely that they they have it underneath their arms. They just change their shirts multiple times a day. Um, it causes much social embarrassment. And if you, t- if you have them take off this sh- their shirt in their office, they are drenched, I mean, just stripping. Um, sometimes it can also happen in the feet um, or also the hands. And again, it's, you know, makes their, they can't write on a paper without causing um, dripping and right. wetting their paper. So for those extreme examples, you're not going to get efficacy through the typical treatments out there, um, underarm antiperspirants. So um, we inject it intradermally, meaning right underneath in, right underneath the superficial, most superficial layer of the skin, and by acting on the neurotransmitter responsible for uh, stimulating the glands to make sweat, it decreases sweat and it works very well. Okay. Um, again, another amazing thing. I'm just so amazed by what this can do. Um, let's keep going down the list of things that we've we've discussed that it can help. Um, overactive bladder. That's a, another problem that we see commercials on television. They're always trying to push oral medicines. Um, how does it help with the overactive bladder? So with overactive bladder, there's um, in patients, so a lot of a lot of um, older people will have uh, urinary frequency, and there's many different causes. There's related to, you know, in men, um, enlarged prostate, and um, and there's other there's other causes, but we're talking about, you know, pretty signi- se- severe overactive bladder caused by things like MS or Parkinson's disease. So and so the muscle, the bladder muscle is simply um, overactive and causes uh, urination too much. So by going to, it's done by urologists, it's, um, there's a, uh, they put the needle and put the injection uh, with the toxin in through a cystoscope. And um, by injecting the actual bladder, it relaxes the muscle. I have a really lovely patient who was with um, Parkinson's disease. He was waking up to go to the bathroom literally 11 times a night. Oh and he's gotten um, one injection so far. And he went down to three three or four times a night. And he also has dementia. So when he was taking his other medication, like the oral medication for the bladder, not only was it minimally effective, it caused him to have even worse cognitive impairment. Right. So this has really changed his life. We're hoping he'll get even better when 
the next dose, they typically double the dose, um, start with a lower dose at first. Right, move along. Um, we mentioned um, drooling, and within that drooling, um, just some of my notes, um, I saw that we have uh, ticks and facial uh, ticks with Tourette's, mm-hmm. um, and I know some of our stroke patients or our patients who have um, tumor surgery sometimes will develop a facial tick from the surgery. Um, again, treatment for that, and, and how's that working? Yes, basically any, any overactive muscle can be treated with Botox or Dysport or any of the um, botulinum toxins out there. It by the goal is to give enough to lessen the uh, to decrease the overactivity, but not enough to make it weak. Um, so you know, sometimes when you're dealing with the face, it's you know we're dealing with a there's only it's it's a little bit more tricky because you're only dealing with um, a few units difference between weakness and um, efficacy. But um, by titrating up the dose, you, we usually eventually get a very uh, good result, and we're always concentrating on cosmesis, the cosmetic um, outcome as well. Right. Okay. Um, I guess a question that's in my, my mind right now, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners, is, uh, is this really safe? Um, and why, why going an injection? Why not? There's pills for a lot of this. Why don't I just take a pill? That's a great question. Um, so the um, issue with pills, for whether it's for such, such thing as drooling, excessive drooling, which we see in uh, cerebral palsy patients and Parkinson's patients, um, overactive bladder, um, spasticity, or in something called dystonia, which is um, excessive muscle contractions um, that, doesn't, that is not associated with weakness, um, they're just not as strong. They're just not nearly as strong as the drug, and so, and and the second thing is that botulinum toxin acts locally. These drugs act systemically, so all these drugs are associated with significant side effects: sleepiness, dizziness, slowed, impaired thinking. And a lot of these patients who need the injections already have cognitive impairment, already are sleepy already too sleepy because exactly right. so they're the they're, they can't tolerate it as, as well as the typical person so to me it's actually when used properly safer better tolerated more efficacious than your typical oral medications it seems counterintuitive but once you experience it you're like i will not you know patients love it they don't want to go back on their oral meds there's a place for them in some patients but not but not in a lot of the patients that that I see because they cannot tolerate the medications and because of the degree of their impairment. Right. Well, I'm a, I'm a strong believer is is trying to heal yourself without pills in any way, and this is definitely uh, up my alley. Um, I guess what I also want to know, I guess that people are listening, is is the safety. We understand it's 100 percent, pretty much 100 percent safe. Uh, it's a localized injection. It's not systemic, so it's just to that specific area. With pills, there's side effects. Are there any side effects with Botox? Right. So I want to say it's not 100 percent safe. Okay. It's just that it's it's safe and effective when used properly. Right. Um and um. And in most injections, there's always going to be exceptions. There's always but, risk, right. But, and I always, you know, so um, generally I think it's it's better tolerated and um, easier to, t- to use than another drug. So what are the side effects? So side effects most commonly would be things related to the needle. So it might be a little painful. You could get soreness in the inje- where the injection was. Um, probably you'll get a little bre- bleeding, occasionally a little bruise. 
Um, theoretically, you can get an infection, although I've never seen one before, nor have anyone I've ever talked to. It's quite rare. Um, and then there is um, side effects that may be related to the inj- the actual toxin itself. About 5% will get a low-grade flu-like reaction, usually consisting of a mild headache. And that's basically just an immune response. It's right. brief. It's, tra- it's transient. Like anyone getting an inoculation or something. Exactly. Right. Right, exactly. Um, you could, if I give too much into a muscle, you could get temporary weakness. We avoid that by starting low, going up slow each dose. There's a titration period. I think that most people rather get a partial effect than a side effect of weakness. And so, um, by starting conservatively, it's rare that if you, you know, it's rare that you'll get a, you'll get weakness. Um, if depend now depending on the location of the injections, you can get other side effect. If you have something called neck dystonia, where your head goes in, you know, is tilted to the right or t- tilted or turned or uh, flexed forward, that is something we need to inject the neck muscles. Um, if you give too much, you can get temporary mild problem swallowing. Again, I haven't seen it in in really years because I am so conservative doing yeah. it. And so there's ways to avoid it. So there's different, you know, if you give too much for drooling, you can okay. get dry mouth. Right. So basically it's with anything we do in life. Exactly. You have to just do it slow and, 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 and move along that way. This is just an amazing um, uh, amazing topic. I'm, I'm excited that we've, we've done it. Um, we've learned so much. I'm sure people might have questions afterwards. Is there a specific place to find out more information on this? Should they call your office if they're interested or have a question if they're a candidate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can call my office and um, the number 908 522 Six one four four. Um, I can also direct you to a few webs- uh, websites. Um, WeMove.org is an excellent um, website on movement disorders, and they discuss various treatments, including botulinum toxin injections. Does everyone go to WeMove.org if you want more information on that? Again, my guest today was Dr. Marcy Rabin from uh, Overlook Med- Medical Center in Summit, New Jersey. Again, the topic was Botox. If you need more information, you can always call the station or call me at uh, my office, 9 973-285-7800. Again, I want to thank you again for listening this Sunday, and I will see you or talk to you again next Sunday. Thank you, and have a great day. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.